you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. It's the 2013 NFL Draft, and the future stars of fantasy football are on display. Behind the defense for a Tennessee touchdown for Daryl Patterson. Touchdown. Say hello to Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin was open from me to you. And Geno throws into the end zone. Touchdown. Tavon Austin, left corner of the end zone. Geno Smith has just thrown his fifth touchdown of the afternoon. Cracked out from behind. Did he get in the end zone? Yes. Touchdown, UCLA. 52 yards by Jonathan Franklin. Manuel awaits the snap from Barron. There it is. Looks right. A dart zone. Caught. Touchdown, Florida State. Wow, a rocket shot from EJ. Touchdown, Alabama. Eddie Lacy spinning in from seven yards out. Franchise quarterbacks, number one receivers, and stud running backs. We'll tell you who you should be scouting for for your fantasy football team this season. This is the NFL Fantasy Live Draft Recap Show. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Michael Fabiano. Happy post-draft Monday. As everybody's getting ready for their Dynasty League drafts, people want to know who the best players are coming out of the draft. Fabs, you and I were hot and heavy on this this weekend. Very special two-hour show today to tell you what we thought about what we saw over the past few days. And, well, honestly, because, you know, it, it merits it, we should spend all two hours talking about Geno Smith and Chris Ivory. I mean, uh, the two biggest moves of the draft week, I bar have, none. I have no problem talking about Chris Ivory for a little <laughs> bit and Geno Smith for a little bit. But if we're talking two hours, our producer Dylan Milner could come in and join you while I leave. Well, listen, don't be upset just because the Cowboys were drafting fifth-round players in the third yeah, round. Look, I Jerry know. Jones says you're going to go 8-8 eight and eight this year. You guys are going to be fine. 
Can we talk about fantasy football? <laughs> All right. Because it's a fantasy if the Cowboys are ever going to make the playoffs again <laughs> with Jerry Jones as the owner and GM. Well, let's, Makes me sick. Let's kick it off with, with the quarterbacks. And obviously, Geno Smith, EJ Manuel, Matt Barkley. These are the guys that we saw drafted over the weekend. In different ways, we saw Matt Barkley come in to be part of the puzzle in Philadelphia with some upside. EJ Manuel likely will walk in as the starter day one in Buffalo. Well, Geno Smith maybe. could be as well, depending on what happens with Mark Sanchez. But you see these three guys, Fabs. Geno Smith, EJ Manuel. Matt Barkley, if you're talking about a draft for this season, mm-hmm. which guy has the most value? I, I would say Geno Smith, but that also kills you to say that. Doesn't comes it? with the assumption. No, it comes with okay. the assumption that uh, Mark Sanchez has released. Because if you think about it, Smith and Manuel are both sort of in the same situation, right? They come into a team that doesn't have a very good quarterback, um, but they're not guaranteed the job. It's not like Andrew Luck last year, Robert Griffin III, uh, Russell Wilson, who wasn't guaranteed the job and then came in and beat out Matt Flynn. I actually like the upside of both players. I don't necessarily like them this season. I know that breaks your heart. The Jets still don't have any legitimate wide receivers outside of Santonio Holmes, and who knows what's happening No, he's questionable legitimate. Yeah, he's questionable. And in in Buffalo, they have more weapons now. But everything that I've read and everything that I that I've seen is that Manuel is just so raw and not ready for the NFL. I, you know me. Anytime a quarterback has a big arm and can run the football in fantasy football, I consider him a sleeper, a deep sleeper. A few years ago, I told everybody pick up Tim Tebow off the waiver wire, even though he had a forty five percent completion rate and. He was very good. He was averaging 16, 17 fantasy points a game. Because as a quarterback, if you can run the football, if you can find success on the ground with your legs, score touchdowns, you're going to be ultra-valuable in fantasy. That's where I'm intrigued by a guy like Manuel, and I'm intrigued by a guy like Geno Smith. But also keep in mind, have we ever, ever had a deeper crop of quarterbacks coming into a fantasy season before? Maybe in years past when it wasn't this deep, a Manuel or a Smith could sneak in and be a two in fantasy, but this year it's going to be tough. No, well, and first of all, the, to go full circle on Tebow, now anybody can pick him up off of waivers, whether fantasy or in the National Football League. Well, after do they, he got do they today. have Canadian football fantasy leagues? I'm sure they do somewhere. Well, he'd be a, he'd I'm be sure. a nice one if I figured up you, there. you would know that. You do like a thousand leagues. You've never done a Canadian football fantasy uh, league? No, uh, listen, uh, the NFL is where my bread is buttered. I'm That's just wondering, all I, I did an XFL league once and I won. Tommy Maddox was my quarterback. Well, you could only I do it once. Yeah. <laughs> but but here, here's the thing with Geno Smith and E.J. Manuel. You put yourself in the draft room, whether you're drafting Dynasty League this weekend or, or moving forward, getting ready for this for this fall. Nobody wants to miss out on the next big thing. What could be the next big thing? And we see this new crop of quarterbacks, Colin Kaepernick's and Russell Wilson's and RG3 and guys that can make plays all kinds of ways. Nobody wants to miss those guys. So... I think what's going to happen is, unless they light the world on fire in, in, in training camp and during the preseason, they're going to enter as, as low-end twos with upside. If, if you're going to draft a Peyton Manning up top or you know, as your first quarterback, you're going to get a very good quarterback because it's very deep this year. Can you take one of these guys as a low-end two and hope that maybe, boy, he could become the next Cam Newton or become like RG3? Yeah. So I think they're going to go just because of that curiosity factor. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see them. In, and I have no problem taking one of these guys as my backup because, hey, let's just say something happens. Well, you can easily get Rid assume of them they, if they don't play. Assume they're entering uh, the regular season as right. Or if they're not starting, obviously so, they have no value. And, and yeah, I mean, you talk about dynasty leagues too. Obviously, these two guys are going to be uh, pretty valuable in those dynasty leagues. But again, it's a situation where you got Sanchez there for now. We'll see what happens with that. He if could Sanchez be gone. He could released, be gone by the, by the by the time I finish this sentence. Right. <laughs> and in, in which case, Geno Smith looks a lot better. Kevin Cobb 
probably the favorite to start right now in Buffalo, all things being considered. But Kevin Cobb is about as durable as a glass chandelier. We all know that. The last couple of years, he hadn't been able to stay healthy in Arizona. So... To me, we'll EJ well. Manuel is going to start some games this season. I mean, there's no yeah, doubt well, about b- it. Well, being a first-round pick, you can't sit. That's the thing about Geno Smith. If he comes in, has a little bit of trouble, if the Jets hold on to Sanchez, could it be Sanchez early giving way to Geno Smith? Yeah. But whether you're a first-round pick, you have to play. No matter what, you're a first-round quarterback, I don't know you if, have to play right I don't away. know if he'll play in week one, but he'll play this season. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it's either going to be Kevin Cobb getting injured or Kevin Cobb being uh, just plain bad. Yeah. Now you look. Now you look at this money that the Bills have doled out, and they spent all the money to keep Tavares Jackson, and now they they, bent, they went out and got Kevin Cobb, and now it's oh now here's Mario our real Williams, quarterback in the future. You know, yeah, a couple of years back, so not not so good. But uh, Buffalo's offense should be at least somewhat improved, whether or not it's Emmanuel or Cobb under center, because you know you 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 got Robert Woods in there again, not a guy that I think is going to make an impact in fantasy this year. But there's more talent at wide receiver. They got T.J. Graham as well. Uh, obviously C.J. Spiller. So. The Bills' offense should be at least a little bit improved compared to last season. 888-XM-FANTASY, 888-XM-FANTASY. That's 888-963-2682. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano from NFL Network, NFL Fantasy Live. Here helping you break down what we saw over this weekend in the draft as far as quarterbacks go. You got Gino, we got E.J. Manuel. Now, suddenly, here's Matt Barkley in a mix in Philadelphia. And you think, okay, here's Matt Barkley added to a group of guys. It's Michael Vick and Nick Foles, and here's Barkley. But now you throw in... You know, Chip Kelly, very familiar with Matt Barkley, liked the way he played. Here comes a guy with a chip on his shoulder. Matt Barkley says he's going to make everybody feel sorry they didn't draft him. What kind of shot do you give Barkley at being someone who has fantasy value at some point in the 2013 season? Probably about as good of a chance as I have at going on date with Kate Upton tomorrow night. And, and you know what? And I'm, I feel bad. Well, you have to say this. I know you are in mourning right now because she I was, was supposed upset. to come to NFL Network about a week and yeah, a half ago, yeah. and she couldn't come make her appearance. That's okay. That was that day you came in with the with the with the uh, with the new haircut, and you had your, oh, your shoes shined up very it. nice, and all that cologne. Unless and I look you're like wearing Harrison, an ascot. <laughs> I had no shot. Are you kidding me? But no, I, I don't. I mean. What about Nick Foles? He's still in the mix there. If Michael Vick gets hurt or falters, then is Nick Foles the number two? I think he is. I have a, you know, and a lot of people get on me about this, but I have a thing about players from certain schools like quarterbacks from USC or any offensive skill position player from Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things where there there's just not a good track record for success. And Barkley would have probably been, what, a top five pick if he came out last season. Yeah. They this year, him a lot. he drops all the way to round four, and I, I don't see much that I like about him in a seasonal league, no doubt about that. He won't even be drafted, and nor should he. Dynasty league, that's a different story, because remember, Vic's on a one-year deal, so who knows where the Eagles go after this season. But in a seasonal league, Matt Barkley... Waiver wire fodder. And we're going Geno Smith. I think you and I are in lockstep with Geno Smith, number one, EJ Manuel, number two, depending on if they wind up starting. And of course, there's a long way between now and then, but it's obvious these guys are the quarterbacks of the future Gino's, for both of their teams. Geno's more NFL-ready than Manuel is. Uh, it's close, but I think you're right. We, we, agree, to, we agree to agree. Wow. It doesn't must, happen often. No, it doesn't. Usually we just disagree to disagree. So I, I, like, <laughs> I like the fact that – I like the fact that um, – the, the quarterback position is so deep this season because, like last year, had so many great rookies come out and, and play extremely well. This year, we kind of know what we're dealing with. And the rookies at quarterback, not going to make a huge impact. Now at running back, Smith, 
that's a different story. Running running back is different. We, we're going to break down the running backs in, in a couple minutes. But as far as running backs go, you mentioned Chris Ivory. You know, around this draft, we I'm saw, glad we're getting all the we Jets saw a couple of trades. Out now. Well, look, we got a lot. Of, we, look, we, we had the trades to get to as well. We had the quarterbacks. Yep. And we had a couple of big running back trades. We saw mm-hmm. Chris Ivory go to the New York Jets. Now suddenly it's going to be an Ivory Goodson potential. No, it's going to be an Ivory. I think it's going to be I, Ivory. I love but, Ivory. Yes, and he now follows you on Twitter. So congratulations <laughs> yeah, on Chris actually, Ivory. I actually just DM'd him. I want to see if he can come on today. I don't know if I'll get him or not. He's probably busy. But How did he find you on Twitter? What did he, what did he say? Well, no, what happened was he sent out a tweet yesterday uh, or the day before saying that he's trying to figure out what number he wants to wear with the Jets. And when I saw that, I basically tweeted out Chris Ivory, fantasy breakout candidate in 2013. He must have seen it, liked it, and followed me. Very good. Did you tell him what number to wear? No. Oh. 29, I don't think he should wear that because that reminds me of Adrian Morell. Leon Washington, yeah, Leon. 29 is tough. <laughs> I like 24, Freeman McNeil. Go 24, sure, 24 is a nice one. Yeah, I like Darrell that. Revis, but, sure, but why the not? Thing, the thing about Ivory, <laughs> in his career with New Orleans, he was extremely limited in terms of carries because he was fourth at times on the depth chart, yeah. and now he's the number one guy. And Sean Green, who I'm not extremely enamored with, even when he was with the Jets, you know that, he was 18th or in the top 20 in fantasy points among running backs last season, and Chris Ivory's better. Yeah, he's a better player. So, is he going to lose third downs and and uh, passing situations to Mike Goodson? I think that's that's definitely going to happen. But can he be the early down bell cow and see all of the goal line carries for the Jets? No doubt about it. I could easily see him rushing for twelve hundred yards and eight to ten touchdowns. Yeah, I think he's, he's he can get you ten fantasy points a week. You know, depending on how successful this, this Jets offense is. And you know what? People are going to fall in love with him as the season goes on because in the preseason, these power runners, he's going to play a little bit. People are going to think, look at that yards per carry average. And I think by the fifth round of your draft, Chris Ivory's gone. Yeah, I think he's gone by the fifth round. I actually have him. I have him ranked in my top twenty running backs right now. Um, I have him ranked ahead of Ryan Matthews and Ben Jarvis Greenellis, who lost some value with the addition of Giovanni Bernard. Uh, so he, you, you got that smile on your face. You love when I talk good about the Jets because it doesn't because happen I that often. I typically don't do that. No, but I do like do. Chris Ivory quite a bit. Yeah, he's he's someone who. It really has has the most upside of of the trades that we've seen of guys in a new situation because he's going to get the football. That's yep. the Jets are going to rely on whatever whoever winds up playing quarterback. They're going to run the football and they're yep. going to rely on Irie. And I think Goodson's going to have some decent value too. He's going to be their home run hitter. Look, last year even when the Jets were going at their best, which was when they were splitting up carries between Sean Green and Bilal Powell. Bilal Powell still got enough carries to merit. Boy, maybe I can start him in a flex or something. Same thing could happen with Goodson. Now, he, like I said, he's more of a home run hitter. He's not going to get carries on the goal line, mm-hmm. which Powell got last year. But still, he's someone later on in the draft still may have a little bit of value. We're talking about Jets players with fantasy value, Fabs. That doesn't happen that often. I, I count two right now. <laughs> and one of them is really, really, really on the edge of falling off. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano from NFL Fantasy Live, 888XM Fantasies. We take a look back at the last few days, including the draft and trades that were made. Another trade that went down, Fabs, that this makes everybody who either owns Stephen Ridley in, in a keeper league yeah. or if you're thinking about drafting him, they go out and get LeGarrette Blunt from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So now here's Ridley, even though he had a breakthrough season a year ago with LeGarrette Blunt looking over his shoulder, Shane Vereen looking over his shoulder, even Brandon Bolden looking over his shoulder. All these guys want carries. Ridley has a little bit of fumbleitis. You would think that, okay, if he fumbles, Vereen will be the guy. But now to bring in another running back, all, all of a sudden my interest level in Steven Ridley, I'm, I'm shaking a little bit because as high as I wanted to take him, I don't know if I can take him that high now. 
I, I'm not as worried because I don't even know if LeGarrette Blunt's guaranteed to, uh, to be on the roster, to be quite honest with you, because you've got Ridley. They like him. They like Vereen. Don't forget about Brandon Bolden as well. Uh, they did add Leon Washington. So I, I'm not even sure he's guaranteed to make a roster, make the roster, to be, to be quite honest with you. I, Blunt's a guy who had that one good rookie year. He had 13 starts or 13 games, and he had over 1,000 yards, and People were enamored with him. Well, he, he, was, he was quick to, to get the boot out of Tampa Bay when Doug Martin came along and had such a great season. But I'm not, I'm not worried about that yet. Uh, if training camp comes along and all of a sudden we see LeGarrette Blunt in more packages than we had expected, then maybe. But at this point, I'm not that worried uh, about So you're still, you're, you're still keeping still him in the same spot. He's still, still a two, two for you. Still where you're not. He's he hasn't moved down at all. But, again, you also are dealing with Bellatrix. You remember Bellatrix. We have Shanahan against mm-hmm. and we have Bellatrix. Oh, sure. So that is a possibility. Let's see what the roster looks like uh, you know, once they get into training camp and get down, to, um, get down to the late summer months. But right now I'm not that worried. It's not like the Patriots gave up a whole bunch to get this guy. And he really did next to nothing last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Speaking of the Buccaneers, do you think they signed Ahmad Bradshaw now? That's a question. Um Bradshaw's got very few options, and he has got no options if he wants to be a number one. None. So yeah, he's someone who played the market all wrong. Bradshaw goes to the Bucks. Okay, where does that leave Doug Martin? That's another thing we might have to talk about here in the next few weeks. Because if you're looking at teams that need maybe a number two back, I would say that 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 squad, the Buccaneers, is probably at the top of the list. All right, eight 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 XM Fantasy. Also, want to hit us up on Twitter at Sirius XM Fantasy at Sirius XM Fantasy. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano from NFL Network and NFL Fantasy Live. So there you go, our quarterbacks and our big draft days trades that we just went through. Coming up next, what about the running backs? You saw plenty of them go over the course of Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Which ones will have the biggest impact fantasy wise? That's coming up next, Series Two Ten XM eighty seven. Franchise quarterbacks, number one receivers, and stud running backs. The future stars of fantasy football are on display at the NFL Draft. Now back to the NFL Fantasy Live Draft Recap Show with Jason Smith and Michael Fabiano. I'm Jason Smith. He's Michael Fabiano. Fabs, you got to get Chris Ivory to follow me on Twitter. If he follows you on Twitter, he's got to follow me, Jet Fan, on Twitter. I'll do what I can. But uh, you said he's a, no you said promises. he's a breakout candidate this year. Just tell him I'm going to call him a double super breakout candidate this year. But and see, he's going to think that you're you're you know kissing butt, and I don't know if you know. No, that's a thing, right? Double super. We could make that up. To, you're a double like, super breakout it's like candidate. Triple dog dare you from Christmas Story. <laughs> exactly. I hey, triple dog dare you to follow Jason Smith. No, thank you. He says I'm going to put up crazy numbers this year. As long as I get more than six or seven carries a game, which is what he got in New Orleans. How about 15 or 20? I think that, that he's at least going to get that. Yes. Now, I think you could see 15, 18 per game from Chris Ivory. I, I like him. And, you know, we're going to talk about running backs here. Have you seen how much deeper the running back position just got over this past three or four days? Got very deep. I mean, and, and we're talking about guys who we can lean on as either featured backs or pretty damn close to featured backs heading into the 2013 season. He's still got a few committees floating around out there, but for the most part, you've got, and we're going to talk about these guys here, you've got Chris Ivory, who's, who's now going to be the guy, the top dog there with the New York Jets. You've got Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh. You've got Monte Ball, who I expect to be the guy once the Broncos decide to release Willis McGahee, which may or may not happen in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you've got 
Eddie Lacy now, although I think he's going to be sharing some work with Jonathan Franklin. All of a sudden, we've got a lot more running backs that we as fantasy owners can lean on rather than have to worry about if they're going to lose carries to a number two or another committee back. Well, it's funny you say that because there was a there was a time, there was about an hour, no, maybe yeah, there was more, more time than that, where Eddie Lacy was by far and away yep. the most valuable fantasy running back taken in the draft. Green mm-hmm. Bay, look at this, he's going to step right in, and he's got all kinds of talent. I know he's got the toe thing, but he's going to come right. Look, of course they're going to, they're going to, use, they're going to use him as a weapon. And then they went out and drafted Jonathan Franklin as well. So now suddenly Eddie Lacy went from, hey, he's the most valuable, well, now he's maybe on the list. So much. Right, and the thing, too, that scares me a little bit about Eddie Lacy is, uh, first off, as you mentioned, they t- Jonathan Franklin, who I met here at NFL Network. Uh, Name dropper. What a nice guy. Nicest guy, uh, uh, Jonathan Franklin. I'm, I'm definitely rooting for him. Did he buy you lunch? He didn't. But, no. um, which, Can't be that nice. Well, I mean, yeah. I I'd like, buy you lunch more. I'd buy you lunch, and you don't call me a nice guy. Not li- I call you. No, I guess I don't. <laughs> so anyways, um, Eddie Lacy uh, was passed up by a lot of teams because – he had his big toe fused, and uh, he he obviously had a, had a subpar pro day, the hamstring injury. There's people flo- floating around there that are saying that he's got kind of a questionable work ethic, and it is still the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, they do want to have a little bit of a more balanced offense, but, I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers throwing the football. It's not like you're going to go from being – you know, a team that that's going to throw it a ton like the Packers have been in the past to a team, you know, like the '85 Bears who are going to be running the football with Walter Payton and 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 leaning on the run offensively. I, I don't see that happening. This is a situation where I had Lacey one. Now I have him three. I want to see what happens over the next several weeks and months into training camp. See what kind of workload he's getting. See where he is on the depth chart, and, and sort of go from there. This is sort of a touch and go situation though, because I wouldn't be surprised, even though it may not be likely. That, that Franklin could outscore Lacey in terms of fantasy points in 2013. So we'll see. I, I, you had it right, though. Lacey got drafted. Everyone fell in love with him. They drafted Franklin after that, and you're like, eh, okay. And, and it's not really an indictment on Lacey, but but think about the Packers. Even when, when they had when it was Ryan Grant and James Starks and they had a couple of running backs they liked, they split carries between them. And it's not like they ran the ball a ton to begin with. It's going to be tough for Eddie Lacy and, or Franklin to have really, if this is the way it goes, to have either guy to say, okay, he's got fantasy value because they're not going to get the opportunities because they're yeah. still going to throw the football that way. Yeah. If one guy, when, when Cedric Benson had the job to himself until he got hurt last year, he was becoming, okay, you have to have him. He's a low-end number two. He's a great flex because he's got the job to himself. He's going to get all the goal line carries. Mm-hmm. He's That was great. But now you look at this and it's Lacy and Franklin, and you realize – Okay, if, if if Eddie Lacy carries the ball six times a game, and you know Jonathan Franklin ca- carries it three or four and catches four passes out of the backfield, is either that going to be enough? And the, Are they ever going to rely on the run enough? I, I just don't see them doing it. And the it. fact of the matter is, I mean, Eddie Lacy isn't guaranteed to be the goal line back either. I mean, remember, you still got John Kuhn who likes to steal those goal line touches as well. So, eight carries, eight touchdowns. That's his usual I mean, line. We'll see what happens. Uh, that is a situation to watch. But in terms of opportunities and situation. Right now, I think it's it's Bell who's the number one back in fantasy and the number one player in fantasy uh, uh, in terms of rookies. But if the Broncos cut Willis McGahee, and we all know No. Sean Moreno has sort of been injury prone, even though he was really good in the postseason uh, in 2013, 
Ball's going to jump up ahead of Bell. You know, I, that's the thing. I'm not a big fan of Bell because he only has one gear. You know, I, I he he, he, he looks can also good. catch the ball to the backfield, yeah. which is a good fit for Haley's offense. He, you're right. He, he's a good fit, but I just wish he was. I wish he was a little more dynamic because I just don't know how. I see Le'Veon Bell, and I think is he going to be like Ron Dane, where he's just a little too slow to make it in the NFL. But uh, that that's the thing that, but that that Bell also is a really underrated pass catcher. And in Haley's offense, that's going to do nothing but help his value. And, I mean, there's been reports that the Steelers maybe were trying to move Jonathan Dwyer, and they've got Isaac Redman there. There's not a lot of competition there. You know, in, in Green Bay, Lacey's going to have competition from Franklin. I, I don't think James Starks or Dewan Harris is really competition at this point. It's going to be those two guys. Um, and, and Denver, again, all things being equal, today, uh, as, we're, as we're talking, Willis McGahee is still on the roster. And so is Sean Marino. And, of course, they also have Ronnie Hillman there. So um, if and when the, the Broncos cut ties with the two veterans, then Monte Ball's value is going through the roof. See, I like, I like him better than Bell overall because of that, because I think he's going to have more of an opportunity in front of him. And I like what, him better as a player that can translate. Let's wait and see if the Broncos do make the move to, to part ways with McGahee. At this point, I think you kind of have to at, at this point. At this point, you're looking at a committee situation. If these guys are all on the roster – then I'm a little bit less excited about Monte Ball. If they go out and they make the move and they release Begehi, the party starts and the Monte Ball bandwagon begins in fantasy. I'm already there. He's my number two guy. He'll be my number one guy if everything falls into place. So where are you, where are you draft round-wise right now for Bell and Ball? <laughs> Bell, and Bell and Ball. Bell and Ball. I'm thinking fourth round, uh, maybe third round if Monte Ball ends up being So Monte Ball ahead of Chris back. Ivory? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, again, right now, Chris Ivory's better than both. Right now, Chris Ivory's better than both of those guys. But we're only in April. So we'll see what happens. Ivory, I know, is the guy there. Ivory's going to be the bell cow. To me, I think he is going to be the centerpiece of the Jets' offense because, really, there's not much else to feature in that offense, uh, especially if your quarterback is Mark Sanchez. But <laughs> Well, the, it's not. They got, they got he's to, still, at some he's point, still he's going to be let go. quarterback on the Jets. But the fact of the matter is... That right now, as we're sitting here, Ivory's the better. Ivory's better than every rookie uh, that was drafted this weekend in terms of fantasy football. If Bell becomes the guy, he moves up. Eight 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 XM Fantasy. Eight 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 XM Fantasy. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano from NFL Network, NFL Fantasy Live. Speaking of running backs, Chris in Nebraska has a question. Chris, what do you got? Well, that's just ironic. I literally am on the giving the question. I said I wanted to talk about Lacey and those guys. You know, it's still Mike McCarthy coaching. And I just was gonna. I told him too. Like I wanted to point out, I think Monty Ball is the best running back to draft mm-hmm. for now. And then he started talking about. It. I'm like, that's why I love the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm literally thinking. I'm like, these guys, you know, still Mike McCarthy sitting there. And you're going, you're going. Why is Rogers getting hit still? Like, why are you not running the ball? And it's going to be the same thing. And Dewan Harris might beat them both still. And then, you know, you got Ball who's going to go into a situation where he literally won't be asked to do any more than Moreno was. And look how good Moreno looked in the playoffs. You know, it's like, no, absolutely, it's like. Running backs are just like anything else. You got you got to watch for where value actually is, and I don't know. It's just good to hear the uh, you know the guys on this show that know what's going on and not be frustrated as Mel Kiper releases another mock draft. And <laughs> you start wondering if these are just you know for fun. So appreciate well, it. We, we appreciate you the call, us, and I, I agree with you. I'm just waiting. Uh, I'm waiting for the Broncos to make a move here, and then I will start singing the praises of Monte Ball as the number one player to get from a rookie standpoint. 
uh, in seasonal leagues. But right now I've got Le'Veon Bell. But things can change. It's a fluid situation. Those are guys with upside. Those are guys who you can draft and say, all right, expect them to have a big role. The most frustrating thing for a fantasy owner is when a player is drafted and you wind up saying, this is going to wind up being a timeshare. How are the carries going to be parceled out? I can read your mind. Who am I talking about, Michael Fabiano? The team that he plays for wears the same color shirt <laughs> as you have on right that now. Is and that would be orange. I'm and that's Giovanni orange shirt. Bernard. Yeah, listen. That's tough. That's I mean, a, that's a committee was, now. It's yeah. I mean, and, and Ben Jarvis Greenellis had a run of it. It was about seven or eight weeks last season, year where he was terrific. At the end of the season, uh, and now here comes Bernard. Court. So that's going to hurt the law firm's uh, value. There's no doubt about that. He didn't score a lot of touchdowns last year. And if you remember, guys, Bernard Scott went out early with a with an injury. So it was basically the Ben Jarvis Greenellis show. Um, the Pierman got some burn at the end of the season, uh, but it was basically the law firm. Now you've got Firm and you've got Giovanni Bernard, and that's a committee. I had Ben Jarvis Grinellis as a low-end two going into the draft. Now I have him as more as a flex starter. Um, I, I, it's hard to trust him when you're going from true featured back to potential committee, or we should maybe say likely committee. Yeah, and especially when it's someone who you know is going to see the field. It's, we, we talk about as good as Chris Ivory Bernard's is, but you, know, explosive. but you know Goodson's going to see the field a bit because on third down, he's fast, he get to the outside. The same thing here with Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. Is he going to play on third downs now? You know, where, Whereas last year, he might have gotten the benefit sure. of the doubt to play on third downs. That's not going to happen because yep. Bernard's going to be in the game. So automatically, he's cutting in by almost a third mm-hmm. into some of Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis' snaps. And that's the worst part for fantasy because you think, okay, here's a guy and there's nothing he can do about it. No matter how good he is, yep. he's still going to come off the field on third down. Yeah, exactly. And and remember, too, guys, when, when you're looking at running back situations, we can only really talk about what's going on right now. You know, you know Bernard uh, Bernard's going to be in there as the number two behind Green Ellis. It's going to be Lacey versus Franklin, but they also have Harris in there as well. Look at a situation like the one, say, in Arizona or the one, say, in Dallas, right? Uh, for example, Jerry Jones, who I don't want to really speak too much about because I am not pleased again, but I'm kind of used to it by now. They drafted Joseph uh, Randall and, uh, out of Oklahoma State. DeMarco Murray's as much as I love the guy, he's always hurt. And if Murray continues to be prone to injuries and doesn't, doesn't uh, play a full 16 games in 2013, well, all of a sudden this kid could be a sleeper. You know what I mean? So you've got to look at the situation now, but also take a look at, what is ahead of a player? You know, so Murray, injury prone, all of a sudden, you know, this kid Randall could make an impact in fantasy football. Who knows about that situation? In Arizona, I, listen, Richard Mendenhall's the guy right now. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Ryan Williams has missed most of his first couple of seasons in the NFL because he's been injured, but they also have Andre Ellington now, right? And they also got the kid, Stephon Taylor from Stanford. From out of Stanford, Stanford. yeah. Who had, had a great career at Stanford. So Mendenhall's on a one year deal. Injury prone. I mean, he tore up his ACL. I don't know if that makes him injury prone, but he missed a lot of last season. And we'll see how much of his explosiveness was actually left on the operating table. Ellington could end up being a halfway decent sleeper. So these are guys that you have to keep on your radar among running backs because, again, this is a position where you see a lot of injuries just because of the nature of the position. And you see a lot of fluctuations on depth charts. 
888-XM Fantasy, 888-963-2682. Jason Smith and Michael Fabiano here from NFL Network and NFL Fantasy Live to answer all your fantasy questions as we take a look back at the NFL draft, all the moves that were made and what they mean right now for your fantasy team. Want to get in via Twitter as well? Get your question in at Sirius. XM Fantasy, that is at Sirius XM Fantasy. Straight ahead. Now we're going to take a look at the wide receivers that were chosen. There's one that is far and away ahead of everybody else, but is he the guy you think? That's coming up next right now, the Fantasy Fix. Fabs, you got to get Chris Ivory to follow me on Twitter. If he follows you on Twitter, he's got to follow me, Jet Fan, on Twitter. I'll do what I can, but uh, you said he's a, no you said promises. He's a breakout candidate this year. Just tell him I'm going to call him a double super breakout candidate this year. No, that's a thing, right? Double super. We could make that up. Then as of this moment, they're on double secret probation. Double secret probation, sir? That doesn't make sense. NFL Fantasy Live, Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano. The number is 888-XM-FANTASY. Looking back at the draft, a special two-hour show here. Again, top of the hour, the cantina, as always. No rules. Anything goes. If you haven't heard the cantina yet, trust me, you want to hear that. And speaking of Twitter, Fabs, you know you had a great thing, Chris Ivory, following you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. About a week ago, was a really cool day for me. Got up, checked my Twitter account in the morning like I normally do, and I see Keyshawn Johnson is following you. the Mets won a game you. that day? Yes, the Mets won, so I was like, okay, you get on Twitter. Okay. And I see Keyshawn Johnson following you. And mm-hmm. I was like, let's see if this is the real Keyshawn Johnson. I looked, Keyshawn Johnson, boom. He had former teammates of his in Tampa Bay and New York tweeting, hey, welcome my boy Keyshawn Johnson to Twitter. Uh, you know, you know, give him a follow. And he had like five or 10,000 followers in the first year. I was like, that's pretty cool. Keyshawn's following me. This is awesome. And then a day later, deactivated fake account. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful, Smith. I don't trust any accounts unless they have the little blue check. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, you, you don't know, I'm, I remember a couple of times – there were like fake Adam Schefter handles, mm-hmm. and it was like breaking news. <laughs> Remember what happened to AP? Was it last week? Associated Press, their Twitter. Oh was, yeah, got was hacked. hacked. Yeah, and they were talking about something. An bad attack happened. on the White House. Yeah, they yeah. were talking about that, which didn't happen and was a fake. Was attack? Yes. Unreal. So that was tough. But Don't people have better things to do with their time than to mess around like that. I don't know, but apparently you... not. It's the same. It's the same nerds that you know. <laughs> Hack people's emails and spam people. Get a life. Wait a minute. Our, our, our producer, a serious producer, uh, Rob Tuzay, has a has a, a, a take on this. Tuz, you, you actually think this is this could be good news for me? Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, so it would be pretty cool if Keyshawn Johnson were actually following you. But if someone actually created a hacked Keyshawn Johnson account and they thought that you would be someone that the real Keyshawn would follow, I think that's pretty cool if you ask me. Ah, uh, you know, I didn't think about it that way. I don't think you're reading far enough yeah. into this. I think okay. you're just looking at the surface here. <laughs> hey, uh, D. Milner is now on Twitter. Oh, i got to get him to follow me by the end of the show. He's Go got ahead. to follow me. He won't follow no, you. not Dylan Milner, our producer, D. Milner, the Jets, the defensive back, the best cornerback the in the draft. The Revis replacement. Will you yes. stop? Can yes. we talk about something Although, that's not the Jets? Speaking of fantasy, sure. You know, I thought about this. A couple weeks ago, I actually tweeted something, and I mentioned Christina Hendricks from Mad Men, who I think is just... I don't know absolutely. Who that is. Oh my God. She's absolutely gorgeous. I've loved her for like years. And I got a tweet back from Christina Hendricks, and I was like, oh, but it was a fan site. So I guess using, using Rob Tuesday's philosophy of, hey, someone who is, runs the fan site for her thought it would be nice to tweet back to you after you said something about her. So I, I guess that's a positive. So would you say that you had like a five second fantasy? Oh, yeah, it was. I looked at it. I was like, and then for five seconds, I was like, I'm married. She's married. We can go on a date and I could still see Zoe on the weekends and I can do that. And then I was like, oh, no, it's not her. 
Jen Brown from ESPN <laughs> followed me over the weekend. Did she? Oh, there you go. She's good looking. Is she married? I have no idea. Well, uh-huh. we had an earthquake. Did you feel the earthquake? There were two earthquakes in the last three days out here. It's it's been Where, it's been rough. I didn't, I only felt the one that was uh, last over night by the marina. I didn't feel that right. one. right last night and then Friday. Yeah, there was one. Yeah, I, I uh, two I was, and three days is not fun. Nah, that's nothing though. I'm an East Coast guy, and it doesn't even bother me now. I have become. An L.A. person. <laughs> if it's under 60 degrees, I'm complaining because it's too cold. Me and Adam rank both. And if the earth shakes and it's under like a five, I'm like, eh, that's nothing. I look at it this way. It's the price we – knock wood. It's the price we pay for 72 and sunny every day in incredible weather. If you have two moments a year where you're nervous for about a lot of people eight, eight or ten seconds. Hate us right now. Yeah, I know. But, that, but that's it. But then – but you're on the East Coast. You don't have to worry about things like that. They had an earthquake on the East Coast last year. Yeah, but that, how often does that happen? Still. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not... saying. <laughs> just All saying. Right. Got a, a question on Twitter here uh, from Arkansas Brett. And again, you want to hit us up on Twitter with your fantasy questions at SiriusXMFantasy. Uh, guys, what do you think of Tyler Wilson's chances to start this year or next for the Raiders? And would he be a solid starter and worth picking up either in a dynasty league or in a regular league? Yeah, that's a that's a quarterback situation that kind of, you know, fell by the wayside here because they got Matt Flynn and you have mm-hmm. Terrell Pryor and suddenly, oh, we're going to draft Tyler Wilson here a little later on in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dynasty League, I mean, certainly there's there's some value there. But in a seasonal league, I, I, I don't see it. What I about really Matt Flynn's value? Again, the, the quarterback position is so deep, I don't even think he's going to get drafted in a lot of leagues. I, I really don't. Look at, look at the quarterbacks that we have ranked, Smith, uh, around the 18... 18- to 22 range, right? Now, you're looking at guys who are pretty good otherwise. I mean, we're not mm-hmm. talking about superstars here, but, for example, I'll check out my rankings here. My 20th quarterback is Matt Schaub. Who, three years ago, was a low-end number is one. Phil Rivers. Yeah. Two years ago, he you was know, a low-end number my one. My 19 is Carson Palmer, 18's Flacco. It's, it's going to be hard for these guys to break in and, and be drafted. Flynn's a guy, I mean... The, the wide receiving core there, what do they have? They lost Brandon Myers, right? They cut Darius Hayward Bay. You've got Denarius Moore uh, in there, and not a whole heck of a lot else. 888-XM-FANTASY, 888-963-2682. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano from NFL Network. We've talked about quarterbacks. We've talked about running backs. How about some wide receiver love here? There was one guy taken in the first round of the draft, Fabs, who everybody is all bananas over because mm-hmm. not only is he a first-round talent, but he goes into a situation where he's unquestionably the number one guy, Tavon Austin, uh, who the Rams trade up to get. Now, there's some other wide receivers we're going to get to, but they all went second, third, fourth round. Austin really is that one guy to focus on, and it's, I think the difference between Austin and the next guy, the next rookie wide receiver is like five miles long. It is. You're right, and uh, when we talk fantasy football we talk about opportunities combined with talent and austin's got both of those danny amandola's in new england brandon gibson's in miami you've got brian quick you've got uh you've got uh, chris gibbons and you've got austin i would say uh that tavon is going to be the guy there they've also got jared cook who was a off-season addition at the tight end position so i really think tavon and uh, i don't know that anyone would disagree with me as a lock to be the first 
if not the only rookie wide receiver drafted in a 10-team league. You can also talk about Cordell Patterson. I think DeAndre Hopkins will probably get drafted too because he's a cinch to start in Houston, and he's probably the best number two they've had in there alongside Andre Johnson that I can remember. Yeah, that, I mean, they drafted Devere Posey a year ago, but he wasn't well, start he wasn't Gene, the first hasn't done Keyshawn Martin, I mean, these guys are all sort of works in progress. So I think DeAndre Hopkins can be drafted. Uh, then you've got Robert Woods. But uh, Robert I've got Woods, a thing I, about oh. USC guys yeah but he's the reason his stock dropped is is by no but accounts a, of his own a, his final season at usc was was not very good no well you know why because marquise lee who became a superstar opposite mm-hmm. him it's not that's not really on robert woods i've seen a lot of him play the last couple of years this is a guy that can dominate can dominate one-on-one coverage he's he's a stud he fell because marquise lee is just that good on the other side of him look and dylan milner our, our, our producer and who watches tape of usc games in the offseason because He's a proud USC alum, although maybe not that proud considering they haven't won a lot the last couple of years. Robert Woods, I mean, it was Marquise Lee. It was his emergence that really made Robert Woods lose some of his stats and lose some of his uh, status. Uh, Bobby Woods, as we like to call him. Oh, wow. By the way, doesn't that sound like a senator's name? Bobby Bob Woods? Woods. Bob Woods. Bob Woods from Florida? Mm. To the House of Representatives. Oh, that's Congressman Bob Woods. Bob Woods in South Carolina. But, uh, no, yeah, Marquise Lee came on really kind of, uh, you know, excelled over Robert Woods. But the thing that hurt Robert Woods the most was his ankle injury from his freshman year into his sophomore year. That was kind of swept under the rug a little bit. His freshman year, he came on, and it was like Marquise Lee. He could do everything, kicks through the house, receiving yards, all this stuff. Then he had off-season ankle surgery. And so then into his sophomore year, he wasn't quite right, and it, it's still not quite right. He's not as explosive and as dynamic as he was his freshman year. Added to the fact that now he's kind of giving overshadowed from his high school teammate and now college teammate Marquise Lee, and you've kind of forgotten about Robert Woods. I think he's in a good spot. Not a lot of pressure. Being a what a second round pick, if they if that ankle uh, gets cleaned up and and is 100 percent healthy, I think he's a great addition for Buffalo. Yeah, he's in a good spot. Yeah. that's for sure. To make an impact this year, I don't know so much about that. But long term, he's in a good spot. The, remember, the Bills are going to be moving Stevie Johnson in the slot this year. So you've got two opening spots on, on, on the end. So is it going to be Graham and potentially Robert Woods? I mean, that you know that's clearly a possibility that could happen. Um, so you know they also they also drafted Goodwin out of Texas too, who will also be in the mix uh, in, in that in that wide receiver battle. So, but to me, it's it's a, it's Robert Woods is a USC guy. I, I you know me. I have a thing about USC offensive players who aren't running backs. All Notre Dame players, mm-hmm. any any <laughs> players who came out of schools like you know Houston or Fresno State or any of these schools that throw the ball a million times, Utah, that kind of thing. I, I just I, I take those guys with a grain of salt. So uh, maybe a late round pick for Robert Woods, but I'm not expecting a whole lot. No, and, and, and outside of Tavon Austin, really, once you get to a 12 team league, maybe then you're drafting a couple of these guys to fill out the end of your bench. Sure, but you're not counting on you're not counting on any of them. I mean, Tavon Austin him. might not even start for you. You'll draft him, but you might not even start. Sure. 888-XM-FANTASY, 888-XM-FANTASY, 888-963-2682. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano from NFL Network and NFL Fantasy Live. You can also tweet your question in at SiriusXMFantasy. I got some, uh, I got some questions here, Smith. You got some questions? Yeah. Well, we got some questions. And coming up next, an absolute NFL fantasy football legend. Legend says he was asked to play in 2013. How many fantasy points would this absolute legend be worth if he decided to play this fall. 
That's coming up. No, it is not Maurice Claret, Dylan Milner, our producer. Is, that is incorrect. It is someone much better than that, and that's Straight Ed here on Series 210 XM87. Which rookie is worth taking a flyer on for your fantasy football team? Now back to the NFL Fantasy Live Draft Recap Show with Jason Smith and Michael Fabiano on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Did you see they were playing Iron Maiden at the draft over the weekend? I said, Elliot Harrison and Adam Reich were tweeting, hey, they're playing Wasted Years at the draft right now. That's a great song. Yeah, I said, well, it's, uh, it was an song. homage to all the Jets draft picks, <laughs> which is why they should play that all the time. Well, you know what? The Cowboys... <laughs> not much better, if not way worse. Yeah, dude, what was going on with the Cowboys? No, what ha- what happened? No, Jerry Jones ruining my franchise, man. What? Thank happened? God I have fantasy football. <laughs> All right, speaking of fantasy, Ladanian Tomlinson retired as a member of the San Diego Chargers last year, but he revealed in a new story that the Chargers tried to persuade him to make a comeback in 2013. Now, he's going to be 34 years old. Said he had a conversation with new Chargers GM Tom Telesco and Mike McCoy. They met him at the Combine in February and asked him to come back and play. LT said, quote, At first I thought they weren't really serious, but they kept talking about it. I realized it was real. They said, You can come back and carry it 10 or 12 times a game. We'd like to have you here. LTC never considered returning to play because he made the decision to walk away. He was done with it. His mind was in a different place, and mentally, going back would have been too hard. Now, I position this to you, Michael Fabiano. Here's a Chargers team. Mm -hmm. If LT would come back, Ryan Matthews, Ronnie Brown, they signed Danny Woodhead. Mm -hmm. There's your running backs. LT comes back and carries the ball 10 or 12 times a game. What kind of fantasy value does he have? Oh, man. Uh, I would probably draft him late just because I love LT. (laughs) He was actually here over the weekend uh, and uh, doing some stuff for NFL Network. Uh, I didn't mention that to him, but that's that's unreal. That is such a testament of what they think of Ryan Matthews. And I spoke about Ahmad Bradshaw a little bit earlier in the show and said Tampa Bay would be a uh, running back needy team. Well, how about the Chargers? I oh. mean, I know they have Ronnie Brown and they have Danny Woodhead, but maybe they can use an Ahmad Bradshaw. Ryan Matthews, to me, and I almost feel like I did this to him because I, I thought he was going to be so good. I think you did. I think we all did it to I him last have. year. I might have, but um, I, th- I cursed his career, and I cursed Chad Johnson's end of his career when I got into the Twitter fight with him about Revis. And Revis is another thing we should talk about. But um, right now, the top three rookie running backs, I would all draft ahead of Ryan Matthews. Like He was in my top 24 He's teetering on being out of that now. Ryan Matthews, to me, is going to be undraftable because I can't see myself getting to a spot where unless he's on the board in the 13th round when I'm looking for someone to fill on my bench where I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to believe in Ryan Matthews this year. Mm-hmm. He's never going to get the goal line carries, and he doesn't hold on to the football. Yep. It's a new regime there. They're going to look for a new running back. I think if they went out and signed on my Bradshaw, I agree with you. I think that's the best fit for him. You talk about a backfield of Bradshaw and Woodhead. That's more dangerous than Ryan Matthews on, on every down. Problem is, though, that they'd basically be getting uh, a guy who's extremely prone to injuries 
replacing a guy who's extremely prone to injuries. Yeah, so but if, if we'll I see. if I have two, if there's two things in my hand and I know the part in I'd one hand, I'd rather have Bradshaw. Sure. Yeah, if I know, but if I know that Ryan Matthews is not going to be any good, at least I can take a chance that Ahmad Bradshaw is going to be healthy and and be pretty good for me. The one running back North Turner didn't turn into a star. 888-XM-FANTASY, 888-XM-FANTASY. The Fantasy Cantina is coming up next. That means no rules. If you haven't heard the Cantina, you will straight ahead again. 888-XM-FANTASY. Anything you want is straight ahead on Series 210, XM87. This is NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. 